Well, greetings, my friends. It's been a minute. Yes, it's your boy, your brother, P-Dub, uh, back on the scene with yet another another installment of It's Like That. Uh, I know it's been a minute since I posted my last uh, episode of this podcast. I uh, had a lot going on. You know how stuff goes. It's just, you know, life does what it does and you have to flow with it so i had to kind of put things on the back burner but i am back and i decided since uh this is the month of june it is uh black music month in addition my birthday month i said i have to do something you know uh a few offerings this month so this will be the first of a few uh podcast episodes but anyway uh, i came on tonight i wanted to uh pay homage i don't know if you hear what's playing in the background presently, but it's uh, actually one of my favorite vocalists. I followed her since I was around 15 or 16. And uh, so if you don't know, it's Anita Baker. Yes, uh, one of the best to ever do it in the business. Yes, she is definitely uh, in my top 10 um, vocal muses. So with Anita, uh, I have to say a little story I was kind of... Uh, get tickled when I share so when the rapture uh tape came out yes I'm dating myself again cassette tape yes I bought the cassette tape it came out in 85 or 86 and if my mother was still living she would let you know that what I would do uh when I bought first bought that cassette I literally back then I loved taking uh baths I'm a shower guy now but back then I loved taking baths and so what I would do was time the uh my my length of my bath by the entire rapture cd well i'm sorry rapture cassette so i would get in the tub say if i got in the tub about eight o'clock i knew by the time watch your step came on it was time for me to wrap up my bath and i think the cassette was like maybe 40 minutes about 40 42 minutes so yeah I'm taking a lengthy bath would take my time but guess what you never smelled me <laughs> now i'm playing <laughs> But for real, uh, it was definitely um, a benchmark moment for me as a budding vocalist because I definitely studied her, her style. And, um, you know, she's, uh, you know, it's debatable what her voice part is. Some say she's a contralto. Some say she's a mezzo soprano. Uh, it's kind of it varies depending on who you're speaking with. She she kind of floats between those things because her her bottom is so rich, so I really think she's a contralto, but um, she's a contralto more than a mezzo, even though her top register is pretty nice and clear, and she sings some stuff effortless that you wouldn't think a contralto could hit, but uh, all, you know, that notwithstanding, just as a vocalist, she really inspired me in so many ways, man. I mean, just her approach to uh, vocals and just how she just uh, gave you so much uh, richness and suddenly so much power and soul and you could feel her soul in whatever she's saying and that just really uh, had me in awe with her you know her music so like I said the Rapture uh, cassette was the first thing I ever bought of hers and I, I was enamored by that for a long time I bought that cassette probably in 86 because I remember I bought it after I heard Sweet Love and uh, I fell in love with the whole thing and so then uh, by the time I was a, f a freshman in uh, at CAU, Clark Atlanta University, back then it was Clark College still. But when I was my freshman year, Giving You the Best That I Got came out. 
And I remembered my roommate, shout out to Eric, <laughs> Eric Pearson, uh, my freshman year roommate. He was the cassette king. He's he's from Minneapolis. And so, of course, he knows a lot about great music. And so he had a boom box, a double cassette boom box. Yes, I'm dating myself again, y'all. Yes, I am. But he had a double cassette boom box. And so I bought, I don't remember which one of us bought the uh, Giving You the Best That I Got cassette. One of us bought it. I think he may have bought it, actually. But at any rate, whatever he had in the room, he said, whatever music I wanted to listen to, I could. So I played that cassette. And I remembered, because uh, I think they released Giving You the Best That I Got off of their first. And then they released a couple of other things. But I remember the song that really caught me was Good Enough. And uh, the thing that was so interesting to me is because prior to that, one of my favorite songs on the Rapture uh, project was Been So Long. And if you've ever heard that song, you know, the uh, the the bridge of the vamp of the song, she's scatting like a maniac. And of course, I never knew, you know, I just knew her as a soul singer. I know she was a jazz chick. So to listen to her scat like that on that was one thing. But then on Good Enough, she's like giving you Ella Fitzgerald, Sarah Vaughn vibes. And so, again, it piqued my interest in her artistry and uh, just it just kind of took me to another place. As far as vocals and just uh, what I aspired to do as a singer, you know, and, and you know, I think I've shared this in prior uh, podcasts that I was, you know, I was a church kid growing up. So I give you gospel. I can give you gospel choir all day with a heavy bar. Oh, I give you that all day, man. Literally, I can give you that. Literally I can still give you that. I don't really like doing it now, but I can give you that if I'm joking around. I can give you that now. But, you know, she along with a few other artists, uh, Luther being one, Whitney, of course, being another, Glenn Jones, you know, um, People Bryson, uh, artists like that, definitely made me want to sit and study, you know, vocals and, you know, really hone my chops and decide, you know, what what worked best, best for my voice that wouldn't injure my instrument. And so uh, she was one that definitely uh, I gleaned from and still I'm gleaning from. Uh, I listen to a lot of her music now and I'm just like in awe, like, wow, she's really, you know, she still can sing, too. She still has the same. Uh, her tone hasn't changed at all. You know, she has still has most of her register, her original register as she had when I, you know, when I was in my college days. She still has a lot of that range. And I think that's, um, you know, definitely uh a valid point to her to show you how much she really treasures her gift and her instrument and how she takes care of it. So the biggest thing that, um, so I'll give you a little background on Anita. Yeah. You know, I, I can't assume everybody knows everything about every artist I feature on here. Anita was born in Toledo, Ohio. Yes. She was not born in Detroit. You all, she was born in Ohio. And, uh, she actually, um, moved to Detroit as a result of joining a band called chapter eight. And this was in the seventies. And so chapter eight, if you uh, some of that music is on Apple Music, I believe, and some of it is on Spotify. But they have some really good songs, good material as well. And she uh, she was the lead vocalist for the group. And so you hear the early Anita, you know, um, a little not as polished. She was just kind of a wild child. She would just get up there and just sing and just, you know, hit everything with reckless abandonment, which I love, to be honest. But it's not the polished, the more polished Anita you hear now. She was definitely um is going for broke with notes and all that kind of stuff. And if you listen to her, then it kind of makes you uh, wonder what her actual register is. If you listen to that that era of her her vocals, but anyway, so 
uh, the label they were on at that time uh, got bought out by another label. And the label that got bought out by didn't think Anita was a good singer. Go figure. Uh, they just said, you know, they didn't feel she had star potential and this, that, and the third. And so she kind of gave up on singing. Imagine that. But she did. She gave up on singing. She started waitressing. And um, she ran into uh, a former bandmate who asked her to uh, go in and do a solo project. And I think initially it was just going to be like a demo, but, you know, it was and it turned out to be the songstress. Went in and did the songstress and, you know, uh, we know Angel came out of that. You're the best thing yet. My, now, I will say my favorite uh, song off of uh, the songstress project is Sometimes. That is my absolute favorite song off of that thing. Follow probably close by. You're the best thing yet. Of course, Angel's a classic, but Angel I heard on the radio all the time. When I finally got my hands on Songstress, sometimes it was a song I fell in love with. So you know, everybody has their their cut or whatever. But at any rate, uh, she was with that. You know, she was uh, really trying to move forward in her career, and then they kind of stalled on her, saying that you know they wanted her to do this with the label, and they didn't really promote. Uh, the songstress like she felt they should and then they had promised her a follow-up piece and they didn't give her that so she actually sued well she left the label and then the label tried to sue her uh ultimately she won the lawsuit and they said she could be released from her contract so she kind of chilled a little bit and here comes electra uh kind of fresh out the, out the starting gate and they pull her in and um the cool thing was one of the guys uh, who was her one of her bandmates in Chapter 8 was this guy named Michael Powell. If you've never, ever heard of Michael Powell, you will know he's just like the business. He's produced for some of everybody in, in music, period, gospel, R&B. Uh, he's just that man. And so he was a relative unknown at that time. And the label didn't want her to bring him in because he wasn't a known, you know, he wasn't a known producer. But she brought him in to do Rapture and the rest is history. And he was with her from that point forward. So, uh, Again, just because she wanted to be her own person. She wanted to be Anita and not the robot Anita. She wanted to be the most authentic version of Anita, the artist that she could be, which meant she wanted to be able to have creative control of her her uh, material and production and all that stuff. And, you know, again, uh, which kind of gives a, a, a had to take a pause there. I remembered uh, when I learned the story of Tina Marie and how she actually won you know, uh, her rights over Motown. Well, I'm sorry. She won a lawsuit with Motown to get the rights to all of her music because they wanted to try to hold on to that stuff. Anita was kind of that chick as well. Like, you know, I'm, you know, this is my gift. This is my passion. You know, uh, this is what I follow after. This is what I dream of. And so I'm not letting you deter it. And so she, she, you know, she's always followed that path, but at any rate, uh, so, she pulled that in and the rapture, the rapture project was really what catapulted her. And, you know, once she started touring, the funny thing I was reading about the rapture project is that initially when they released it, the first song they released off of it is Watch Her Step, which is the very last song on the project, which is actually one of my favorite songs off there as well. It's an up-tempo joint, but she's like, if it has a, um, definitely has a, like a churchy feel to it, which I think is the reason I fell in love with it has a real churchy feel to it, but, and she's singing, singing the crap out of that song. Gosh, singing it crazy. But, uh, they didn't feel the up-tempo song was where her passion would lie. So they released, uh, Sweet Love after that. 
and Sweet Love, as we know, was the, her signature song for a while. You know, she had, I think her signature song now is Fairy Tales, more than likely. Well, she has a few of them, but I think Fairy Tales is probably one of her more signature songs, and Angel. Uh, you know, she has a few, you know, the woman just has a catalog like crazy. But at any rate, uh, once she released Rapture, it, I mean, I'm sorry, Sweet Love, it just pushed everything forward. And then again, giving you the best that I got. Then after that, my favorite project of hers, Compositions. So listen, you all, Compositions came out in, in 1990. I was 20 years old and I remember when that, when that uh, CD dropped. Yes, I was purchasing. No, was I purchasing CDs? I didn't know I wasn't. I'm still purchasing cassettes. But I digress. <laughs> the thing is, that particular project is uh, very near and dear to my heart for a few reasons. One being that when you listen to it, you hear so many different elements musically. Uh, she gives um, one of the main things that I take note of, if you really listen closely, she had a live band in the studio with her. Uh, somebody playing upright bass. Uh, Greg Philogaines, who is a beast, has been a beast for many years. If you look him up, Greg Philogaines, he's played for some of everybody in uh, the world of music, not just R&B, but in the world of music, period. A musical genius. I mean, with keys, just everything. Uh, just crazy, crazy ear. Very skilled uh, musician. But again, she had Michael Powell producing. And so um, she wanted the best of the best in the studio with her at all times. But with the Compositions Project, it was just like every song just uh, just laid a path. And every song was just like the order of the music on the project is perfection. Uh, every single song from Talk To Me to Fairy Tales is absolute perfection. And to say... Um, I have a few favorites off of there. I, my probably my um, let me think. Uh, top uh, love you to the letter is my number one off of there. Uh, then it's a tie between fairy tales and whatever it takes. Then uh, lonely. I mean, just oh, just so many oh um uh, souls inspiration, soul inspiration, just so many great songs off of there. Whatever it takes. I mean, just man, she yeah, she. She has that thing. Compositions is hand down, my, hands down, my number one uh, Anita project. It just is, and I love all of her projects, but that's that's the one that again, it's near and dear to my heart. And so, I mean, this project is thirty one years old. Can you believe that? Thirty one years old, and it's still just as relevant and as fresh today as it was when it was released thirty one years ago. And so, again, uh, I go back to say what I always say with these episodes. Uh, the artists that I feature are ones that really made a lasting impact on me as a, a vocalist, uh, gave me a lot of food for thought in the, in the way of, you know, putting uh, music together and, you know, uh, what I wanted to follow musically and what style I wanted to emulate musically. These artists gave me a lot of food for thought and gave me a lot to work with in that regard. So they stay near and dear to my heart for that reason, if no other. But yeah, so Anita uh, Baker, definitely, definitely in my in my Hall of Fame. She's definitely a, a G O A T. She is. Um, so again, I don't. Again, I don't want to. Uh, didn't want to hold you too long. I'm pretty much at my mark, a little over it actually. But I just wanted to uh, put something out here because I hadn't put anything out here in a minute. It's been a couple of months actually, and I didn't want to go too long without. Uh, 
leaving you with something. And again, it's Black Music Month. I'm going to have a couple of more episodes um, in the upcoming weeks. So um, be listening out. And as always, I appreciate your support and your love and your uh, feedback and your positive vibes and all that good stuff. Anyway, guys, until next time, this is P-Dub signing out. Uh, Again, this is It's Like That, the podcast. And I will get back with you very soon. All right. You guys stay blessed. Be encouraged. Hold your head up and be the most authentic version of you that you can be at all times. You might not mean that you're perfect, but still you're authentic. Authenticity is a beautiful thing. It really is. That's another that's another podcast altogether. I promise you. That's my sister Erica, Erica Anderson's podcast. It is. <laughs> she if you listen to our podcast, I promise you, that's her that's her vein all day and I love her for it. But anyway, you guys be great, be wonderful, and uh continue to stay blessed. And uh I'll be back on very soon, I promise. Uh-huh. <laughs> bye bye.